Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, uh, Sage. Yeah, I got that right, right? It's Sage. Yeah. Usually, I ask, what name do you want to go by today? Because as strippers, we often have at least two names, sometimes three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Do you go by anything else besides Sage? Well, my stripper name is Spice with a Y, (laughs) S-P-Y-C-E. I was very particular, like on my drink tickets, I'm like, you spelled it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're different. Yeah. You're different. Yeah. Um, Where do you dance? Where are you calling from? Um, I was at Pumps. Oh. I actually met you at Pumps, if you remember. Yeah. I do yeah. remember. I was sitting at the yeah. bar with um, yeah. in between my two friends, yeah. and I was talking mostly with one of the other dancers there. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember very specifically now. Yes. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Let's tell people what Pumps is because I don't think a lot of people know. It's very special. Okay. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. Very close to my heart. Um, Pumps is kind of like a mom and pop strip club bar titty bar moment um yeah I don't know how else to really describe it it has like kind of this grungy punk rock aesthetic um the girls are all really kind of like just different there's a lot of like tattooed women that work there Mm -hmm. it's very kind of just like uh I don't know it's very kind of like grounded and like down to earth in the same way like that clients are kind of like become friends of the Yes, and I feel like there's like real genuine relationships between like the the dancers and the bartenders and the clients at times. Yeah, Um, there's like a lot of loyalty between um, like the staff and the girls, and it's just like a very like real life like experience. Yeah, it reminds me a lot as as far as the relationship between the customers and kind of like the vibe inside reminds me a lot of Jumbo's Clown Room in Hollywood. Um, But what you didn't mention, and which I think is fair to mention, is that you all dance on the stage behind the bar. Yes. And the bartenders. Yes, yes, yes. And then how would you collect your money after you dance? So you walk basically like kind of where the bar is, like through the bartender's space, and you collect the money over the counter of the bar. Um, like after how exactly? Let's get um, real. I mean, you collect it sensually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just tell them how. They lean so, like, towards the bar and wrap their hands yeah. on either side of the yeah. Squeeze. The you don't have to. Like, I feel like people do that. Like, I feel like maybe people did that more in the past because, like, when I was there, I feel like it was, like, maybe 25% of the time. So not um, so much now, you would say? I would say not so much now. Okay. Like, I've seen it. I feel like maybe that's also because, like, the clients are getting, like, the clients – I feel like when you do that, it's also like kind of an invitation for them to kind of grab you at times. So you kind of have to gauge like when it's okay for you to do that 
take care of yourself. Because, like, I don't mind doing that, and it can be fun, and it can be sexy, but, um, but then when it becomes, like, an invitation to, like, touch me where I don't want to be touched, then I'm like, no, I'll just take the one. Yeah. <laughs> <not> <laughs> it's just such an interesting thing because, like, I get it. I get the vibe, and it is fun. Um, yeah. But I totally, like, people – don't understand boundaries and consent. They just yeah, don't. Exactly. And they don't. I'm saying yeah. people because women are just as bad, if not worse, in the strip club, civilian. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. people specifically. Um, they don't have. They don't understand consent, and they don't understand boundaries. And so, like when yeah. I saw that, I was just like, "Uh, it's fun, but people are so dumb." Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of just up to you when you want to do that and with whom. But it's not like required, I would say. Right, right. No, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to because it's it's unique, it's different, and like also, did you feel in working in pumps in New York that there was this rivalry between you and the bartenders, like there are in like the more corporate clubs in New York? Because they all striked over that right? because that that oh, really? style is rampant. The dancers strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not the same amount of rivalry at all i would say actually if anything the bartenders work with us more because we have to we're in such a tight space we have to be like respectful of that you know so and i feel like actually like some of the people i was closest to were like the bartenders oh that's great yeah like Um, one of the bartenders when i first started like really took me under and just like kind of showed me the ropes yeah yeah so what's your like go-to music when you're dancing in the club like, if I had to choose it or if it's just, like, what I get excited get about. To, you get to choose. You get excited about it. I, honestly, like, when I was at Pumps, I feel like I got really into, like, old-school hip-hop, kind of, like, 90s mm-hmm. hip-hop. Because they would play that a lot. Because they play, like, a lot of rock and, like, a lot of kind of old hip-hop. And I don't know. I just feel like it kind of just brought a new vibe. I love hip-hop and I love dancing to hip-hop. But, like, there's something about 90s hip-hop that's, like, more swanky than, like... No, I get it. That's my you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So it's my favorite hip hop. Yeah. Um, so speaking of hip hop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you have a really interesting post on your Instagram profile that says hip hop is not a safe space for sex workers. Yet your presence inspires the culture. Right. Can you expand on that? Sure. So that was a reflection of the um, experience I had of emailing uh, Hot 97, which is New York's first hip hop radio station. I think America's first hip hop radio station. Um, And I had just emailed them um, during like the intense part of the quarantine. Like, how should I tell my mom I'm a stripper? Because that was something I was thinking about a lot um, because I was making a lot of music at the time because I actually had time. And a lot of the music turned out to be like a reflection of my experiences in the club, like based on like poems that I write on my phone or just like, you know, experiences that I had. So, um, when I sent that email to them first, I was already surprised that they read it on air because I wasn't really expecting that at all. Um, and then second, I was super shocked. Huh? Yeah. Are you gonna say I was going to say something. You know damn well why they read that on air. Because well, I, 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 so controversial. I, and I actually, I actually, you know what? You're right. Let me take that back because oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote it like specifically so that they would read it. But I will say I was also surprised when they did yeah. read it. Just 
Like you're never really like, you're like, oh, wait, like I, I did that. You know what I mean? So you're right. Um, but I was, so what I was surprised about was like the host's response to the question um, and the aggression towards sex work and the aggression towards like the aspirations of strippers and why we're in the club and like what our purpose is. Like I was just so surprised. And, you know, I was thinking about that post and it did, it got a lot of traction for just being like words. Yeah. And I was thinking about how hip hop it's not really a safe space at all. So I don't know how accurate, like really that post is. Cause I'm like, people like really get like killed in this, in this industry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, look at like re- most recently Megan the Stallion was shot and people are still clowning her on line in hip hop. So hip hop's not really a safe space like at all. Right. Um, it's definitely not a safe space for women. Um, and it's definitely not a safe space for sex workers, but yeah. Yeah, they had, like, a really adverse response to that, which really threw me off. (laughs) Yeah, they were really fucking terrible. Yes. They were really terrible to you. They were terrible strippers. And and I I find it interesting that they chose to read it on air just to, like, make fun of you the whole time. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, if you want to hear the full version of this story, um, you can... Where can they find this? Can you tell people right now? It's on the Sugar Worldwide blog. So my friend Erica, who created Sugar TV Worlds, um, she has a blog dedicated um, as a media platform for sex workers. It's Sugar Worldwide, W-R-L-D-Wide, and it will be in the link tree. So that's okay. what you can Tight. Yeah. And, um, the, the, I, and, and so I loved your post about hip-hop because – that's they talk about strippers so fucking much in hip hop. I'm in love with a stripper, stripper this, stripper that, pussy this, pussy that, and they play this music all fucking day on these hip hop stations. And then you write, "Hi, I'm a stripper, and I want to tell my mom it's like the sweetest fucking." Yeah. Ever. And they're like, "Yeah, she's ruining her life." It's like, yeah, they said, "Stop emailing us like you have aspirations." They wrote that. That's what they said. They that's said that. That's, really, that's what really set it off. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You can't say that and get away with it. That's not happening. Not in my world that I do. So this song starts. Did you hear the song? Yes. The song starts with that quote where he's like, stop emailing us like you have other aspirations. You just want to strip. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is in the beginning. You're right. It's just yeah. so... I think I blocked out a lot of what they said to you because yeah. in speaking to you, they were speaking to all of us, right? right. Oh yeah. You, you're a stripper. You have no aspirations. You have no future. That's basically exactly. what they said. Yeah. 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 That's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that yeah, thought crazy. process. Yeah, and it was so, like, it was just so, like, guttural. Like, I feel like they weren't even thinking about it. They were just like, oh, no. Nah. Like, even, like, um, one of the hosts said something along the lines of, oh, well, you know, maybe if you tell people, like, you used to be a stripper, because, like, nobody really wants to hear that, like, you're currently doing it. It's just, like, distaste. Yeah, something like that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, And then, wait, go ahead. What's the difference if you're doing it now versus then? I was talking to my friend about this too, where it's like so celebrated that like you 
used to do it. Like people will celebrate Cardi B because it's like, oh, you know, she used to be a stripper. Now she made it. It's just like, so you can't be like celebrated like in the club. And it's so funny because I feel like all we do is celebrate ourselves and celebrate each other. And like the reason why people come to us is because we're inspiring. Like that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like that's why rappers and artists love to be in the strip club that's why like 80 percent of hip-hop was made in the strip club made for the strip club or made with the strip club in mind you know what i mean yes so yeah the hypocrisy is deafening and yeah. um <laughs> let me tell you one more thing that pissed yeah, me off tell me the next week wop came out the next week wop comes out you know who's on the radio like, this is a great song. Let's talk about the double standards of society in America. I'm they, like, okay, please, please. So I'm just like, okay, this is, you know, it sucked. And like, mm -hmm. it was a shitty experience, but it really taught me like, this is how the media works. Like they are paid to like things. I'm not saying WAP's not a great song it is, but like you are, you're full of money in your mouth and you want to get mad at me for collecting it. Ugh. Oh, girl, don't even get me started on that whole conversation, okay? I'm about to, like, I'm so fucking pissed off at the fact that y'all make millions of dollars off of Miley Cyrus and Britney Spears, but my ass on Instagram is, you know, I'm the devil, basically. Um, you know, so, yeah, don't. And there's so much hypocrisy happening. And, you know, yeah. I want to send this. I want us to email this episode to that radio. Yeah. 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 It's so important for people in that position that have that voice to really truly yeah. understand what it is that they're saying to the masses and how. Yeah. How well, I mean, and that's exactly what I wrote because I, I was reflecting on the fact that like we're, our stereotypes are so intense as strippers, you know, and like yeah. the way that you, if you get up on that platform and you say those things about us, you don't know who's hearing that and who's going to go into the club the next day and like hurt somebody, you know, because like as dancers, we've all been like the victims of abuse of like clients in a bad mood. Yeah, because they think that we are objects to be handled, right? Because and they don't think we have aspirations because they don't think that we're intelligent because they don't think that we, you know what I mean, are full people. So it's like it's so dangerous. So after that happened, I was like, you know, this is actually like a threat. Like this is threatening to us and our community, and that's not cool, especially on Hot ninety seven. And the last thing I'll say about that is like hip hop loves strippers. Okay, I'm not saying hip hop doesn't. This last week, I've been watching so many music videos, and every almost every music video pays homage to strippers in some type of way. From Beyonce, from Jay-Z, from like some of the biggest names in pop culture. So the last thing I'll say about that, it's not that hip-hop doesn't respect strippers, it's that those people on that radio station do not understand or respect the platform that they're working for. So that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's massive. And you're right. It is very dangerous for loud voices like that to publicly shame sex workers and strippers and put us in an even more precarious situation. And nobody fucking even knows what we're dealing with right now. Like nobody even fucking understands the ins and outs. And I'm talking before COVID. Nobody's yeah. fucking listening. Instead, you're up on your radio station pedestal defaming yeah. other people that you don't even know enough about. Yeah. So you don't know them at all. And is that part of the defamation? Like right. in one of the questions you were like, how did you feel about being called a liar? And I was like, thinking about that. And it's funny that you asked that because as it happened, I literally, like the only way I can describe the feeling is that I felt like Hillary Clinton felt like whenever Trump called her a liar for no reason. I'm like, 
that's that feeling like, oh, okay, I feel you, Hillary. Like getting called a liar for no reason, just because. Like, <laughs> well, wait, yeah, why? So, why did they call you a liar? What did you lie about? No reason. Nothing. Ask Trump. Like, why does he keep calling Hillary a liar? Like, well, I guess, I guess there was more uh, information about her. Maybe that was a really poor example because we she don't know. Did. But, um, but I don't know what I lied about. You didn't. You didn't lie. lie. You were actually very honest. And yeah, I was really that, honest. That sometimes is, can hurt us in the end as much as, like, honesty yeah. is, you know, key. But, whew, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that and, like, walking yeah. through that. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, if I were Sage, I would be traumatized by what, yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a form of trauma, for sure. Yeah. Um, Did you have I'm like. Time? Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at the, like, the benefit of it, which is, like, it was caught on record, you know? Like, how much worse would this have been if, like, this had just happened, like, privately? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, this is... Yeah. I don't know what this person, you know, says in their free time to their team of people, but, like, I know women are constantly in positions in our jobs, in our everyday lives, where we, you know, things happen to us, and we can't really, like, speak out about it or like necessarily have proof that it happened. So I think it's really badass that like I caught the whole thing on record. Yeah. They caught the whole thing. I caught them catching the whole thing on record. Yeah. So like no, that, you're right. You know, like it's not going to go away. And that's like what I keep reminding myself. I'm like, okay, like. Yeah. Um, I think too, you know, when things like that happen, even though it's really shitty and it, it's anger, like it angers me. Um, yeah it also does remind us that of what type of society we live in and yeah. what we're up against. And it, yeah. it, and it's so good that that comes out to the forefront because there's so many underlying other issues that when you're, when you're against or like hating on a group of a type of women, you're effectively hating on all women. Like at any one time, any woman could be a sex worker at any given time of a period of her life and, or anybody, any person. So by, so by them, like, I hope that they listen to this. I hope that they learn something because there's so many other underlying issues that they don't even know that they have. If they're in that mentality of disparaging other people for their choices of what they do with their body that have nothing to do with you, bro. Nothing to do with you. Right. So what else, what other messages are you sending to, to the children of the world and to your communities by disparaging a group of people that you yeah. know hardly anything about? You know, and that's so true. And I found it so ironic because like leading up to this moment, like the conversation was so, um, revol- their conversation revolved so heavily around like our political climate and like the way like identity and race um, have been like, affecting our society at this moment and so it just got me thinking like well you know that's the same mentality that like people use to hate other people based on their identity it's just like you want to stereotype somebody and then all of a sudden they're in this box of judgment and it makes it okay to like act violently against them verbally and or physically you know what i mean so i'm like exactly. Please understand that, like the same things that you feel like you're fighting on this radio station every day you're also like aiding to it by like communicating like this you know like that same judgment is like 
how situations end up like violent, like truly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I am sorry it happened to you, but I'm also grateful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you end up ever telling your mom or your family? Yeah. I told my mom. <laughs> how did that go? It was chill, man. Like I, I kind of laughed after because like, you know, parents like they know us so much better than like we remember or we realize like almost maybe even better than we know ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. like I've been such a performer my whole life. Like I've always been kind of just like free spirited, like, yeah, you know, playing the piano, like naked at my house. Like, you know what I mean? So my mom was like, <laughs> not surprised, I guess. Um, she didn't really react no. like super heavily in one type of way or the other. She literally, she, all she said was, she was like, well, you know, that wouldn't be, like, my choice to do, like, for my life. But, like, this is your life, and it's, like, what you choose to do. And so and she's just like, I love you. <laughs> That's so nice. That's so nice, man. I was like, oh, wow. This was, like, I, I feel like I made it such a big deal in my head. And, like, I, I feel really privileged in the, in, the, in the sense that my parents are very, like, chill people in general. You are. Like, they never very up my ass about anything. Like, mm-hmm. so, um so no daddy issues right to be clear <laughs> not like <laughs> my, I mean like daddy issues yes but um but my dad did not have an issue if that's the question <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah no we all have daddy issues though like everyone like everyone like not even sex workers yeah everyone stereotype I actually did a poll I was at like this like years ago at like a sleepover with my girlfriends you know uh, we used to like get hella buzz and smoke weed and do gymnastics and stretching in the living room and one day we were which I really missed that by the way um one day I said in the room, and there were six of us, and only four of us, two of us were strippers. The other four were not strippers or sex workers. And I said, raise your hand if you have daddy issues. And five out of six of us raised our hand. Only one person didn't. And she was not um, the sex worker in the room either. But everyone, almost everyone in the room had daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why he wowed out on me on the radio station. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, your dad wild out? No, um, the other um guy. <laughs> yeah. His daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many of us have issues with our parents, and it's just so unfair to continuously label us as such. Um, yeah. But I'm so glad that that worked out with your, your parents. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not a lot of sex workers have that same privilege. I also have the same privilege, and I'm very yeah. grateful for my parents. Yeah. yeah. I know how tough that is for some people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you, you're not just a stripper though. You're also a musician, obviously, because we talked about your track earlier. Um, what, what's your music career like? Like, how's it going for you? What breakthroughs have you had? Like, just tell us everything. I have not had like the smoothest career. I would say my career hasn't really even started. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> you played on the radio shit they put your song on the radio shit. honestly that moment's kind of like indicative of how my career has gone thus far it's just me like squeezing into the room somehow like <laughs> but um no I mean I played piano like since I was six 
and nice. I'll be 26 next year. So I'm, I'm almost coming up on like two decades of, wow. of, um, of piano. Um, I taught, I teach music. Um, I write, compose, produce. Um, now during COVID was a blessing for me in the sense that I thought I had to be in a studio and around people and like involved in like the industry to like succeed musically. But um, since COVID happened, I just had so much time on my hands. And it's funny to me that I used to like think that I had to be in a studio because like this is the first time I really, really, really sat down and was like, okay, like, let me see what I can do, like with my own skill set, just me. And see what kind of music I can bring to life. And like, it's just been like the biggest blossoming musical blooming nice. I've really ever experienced. Cause like, I, I didn't even know I could do all of this. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I play piano and I know how to work the production equipment. So why am I not just producing my own tracks? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, and I've studied Bach so I can use detail. Like, Let me do this, 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 and that. I'm like, oh, huh? I, I, said, I said, I studied Bach. Oh, Bach. I, I study you. Bach. Like, I study, yeah, Bach. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, yeah. And I, so, studying classical music is just, it's just like an attention to detail. Like, that's all really classical music is just being attentive to detail. So, that's just co- totally transformed my ability to produce records because now, like, I'm able to, like, fuse all of these, like, elements into a record like with like a really significant amount of detail that's even like surprised me I'm like oh this this is good like like it it sounds good to me like I'm I'm actually really really proud of my progress great um, as an artist it's been difficult because like it still doesn't sound like the production quality and the the vocal production isn't as like proper as like who am I supposed to compare it to Beyonce like no but yeah I mean ultimately that's what I do I will put my records next to like artists that I really respect, like Kehlani or something, right? And be yeah. like, how does this sound next to Kehlani's records? And I'm like, mm, not so good. Let me try again. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> oh, that's a really interesting strategy. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Incredible. You just put into words what I've been doing, felt like looking at like motivational speakers on Instagram. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. like comparing, like, yeah. That's genius. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. Do you, were you having other people produce your music previously? Uh, sometimes like if I met a producer and like we became friends and like it was, what was it just happening in the room? Um, I've worked with like other producers. Like I traveled to South Africa um, two times in 2019 and I met um, some producers that I became really tight with and they produced some records that I sang on, but yeah. um, I wasn't really doing anything. Like, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, now that I look back on, like, spending time in studios, I'm like, what was I actually, like, getting done? I don't really remember. So, um... You were where you were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um... But, yeah, I would say I probably produced, like, 80% of the, the, the music that right. I've like recorded on top of kind of music would you say that you well I am classically trained um and I'm also like I'm Suzuki trained so that's like learning by ear that was learning classical music by ear so like my ear just really gravitates toward like kind of like a composed folk melody okay Um, 
So like, that's the kind of my starting point. And then, you know, honestly, like after dancing, I feel like I really got like an ear for kind of like hip hop, I guess. Like, I feel like, I feel like being in pumps, like really inspired me through hip hop because like so many of like the records that were played were like old Jay-Z records or like old TI records where I'm like, you know, I got to get up and get this money. Like I got to get my life. You know what I mean? Like, so I kind of just like brought in like elements of hip hop and then, um, then traveling to South Africa, like there's a, like, there's such a rhythmic like element in their music. That's like where I would have previously put an instrument. I feel like producers will bring in like different types of like percussion. So I was playing with that. Like you can hear that on the record, making the rules. There's like kind of a lot of percussive things happening, but it's still kind of composed. So I would say it's kind of a mix of like, um, kind of like the percussion that I hear in South Africa and then like um, American hip hop and then like classical music. If I had to like really. Yeah. That's an interesting mix. Are you on SoundCloud? Can we listen to that? Yeah, I'm on SoundCloud. Um, I think it's Ms. Sage, Ms. MZ dot Sage. And then I have a couple songs on iTunes. I'm making the rules is on there under the same name, Ms. Dot Sage. And making the rules just for everyone so they fully understand was a song that was played yeah. on air at yeah. Hot 97. 97 in New York. Yeah. yeah. So for context, because I don't, I don't think we really explained this. Basically what happened was I emailed them. They started talking shit about strippers. I went and I took their sound clips and I wove it into a song to respond to them. And then some, somewhere during the conversation, they said, oh, you know, you should make a song about, like, revealing you're a stripper, right? So I, go, so I go back to the email, and I was like, I took your guys' advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, yeah. Song. Revealing a stripper. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they played it, and that's kind of how it unfolded. And then they played it, and then they ripped you apart. Well, yeah, because I feel like at some point, they kind of had to realize they were, like, on the, uh, like, they had to be on the defense, Cause I'm like, if you really listen to that song, like it's not really like, I didn't purposely try to make them look bad. Like they did that to themselves. I just gave it back to them. They did. But also they had this moment. There was a moment in the middle where they tried to backtrack and not talk so much shit about you. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) When they heard, when they played the record out loud and they were like, wait, um, well, they, they had a moment where they're like, this stripper, blah, 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 blah. and then they yeah. played the song, and then they were trying to be nice, and then they just ripped you apart. But they really did try for a minute. I think the woman was like, "Oh, come on, come on," and then they were. Oh, like, okay. Because there's, yeah, there's two different times that that like I experienced their attitudes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. first time when they when I emailed them, and they had a lot of shit to say about strippers. The second time when I sent them the song and then they played the song and then talked about the song. So I would say the first time I emailed them, I would say, yeah, the woman and like maybe another host was like a little bit more like cushiony about it and was like, oh no, like she's a producer. Like, yeah, like that's not fair. Like you can't say that. He's like, she's a liar. Right. The second time when I sent the song in, everyone was just like, not having it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, maybe that's what it is. But I do remember that they were trying to be chill at one point. They did yeah. try. Yeah, but it they tried. How crazy really that you have to try to be chill towards yeah. strippers on a hip hop radio station. Like that should be the last. Like we, we. Oh, they should be celebrating us. 
you can't have hip hop without strippers and vice versa. Like it's like we're the same. Like we're part of like two sides of the same coin. They should be thanking us for the inspiration. In fact, the entire world should be thanking sex workers for inspiration and for the care and love and physical intimacy that we give people and help people yeah. have. Yeah. The entire world yeah. should be like, you're all amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, there was something else that I really wanted to talk to you about. And uh, it, it's kind of like a double thing. So, you know, I'm assuming pumps isn't open and that you're not dancing. It's not. It's not open and you're not dancing. Um, <clears throat> what are you? Are you doing anything with stripping? Are you doing anything online? Did you increase, like, digital sex work? Oh. Uh, well, I'm not doing digital sex work. And the reason is because it's too difficult. <laughs> like, it takes... I, people, my guy friends are like, why don't you make it only fans? Like, da 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 da. I'm just like, no. you don't understand. Like, I can't just build. Like, I have to build a whole clientele basis, a whole fan basis. Like, spend so much time doing this. Like, you don't understand what it takes. Like, ah, the people it's do not understand. Like, I'm like, this is work. Like, this is really intense work. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to like to jump into. I'm also just not good on social media. I was not prepared to jump into like the digital world of sex work. Um, but what I have been doing is I've been collaborating with dancers. Um, for example, working on the Sugar TV score, um, Erica and Palmer's pilot that they created about sex workers, um, produced by sex workers, um, written by sex workers, about sex workers. Um, I what read the name of this project yeah. is again. Sugar. Sugar. It's a pilot episode um, that's going to be pitched to like several tv outlets yeah um, it's fantastic like I, I was emotional when i got the when i got the um the footage i have chills I was really emotional huh i have chills now yeah it gave me chills like my heart like dropped into my stomach like yeah it was it was just like incredible so so um, cool yeah so i haven't been like stripping but i have been working with strippers and then i also i'm also working with another dancer who's like designing a an album cover for some of my music so um it's been really important to me to like continue to work with dancers like also another girl that i work with to do like stretch she, she, she helps me stretch online and stuff so um yeah i haven't been doing sex work online but i've been working with sex workers and just like trying to promote our work you know and, yeah like, bring our, bring our voices and our stories to the forefront because it's like, it's what people want to hear about. They're making up stories anyway, so they can just dress up like strippers. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, and I'm like, we have actual real, real cool stories too. Like yeah. it's like beyond just yeah. like looking popping and like being the inspiration. We also have like really interesting moments that like we can articulate ourselves, you know? Yeah. We're actually <laughs> super smart. I we're mean, actually all really fucking intelligent. I know. And you I'm like the smartest people I know. Do you see the shirt? Yes. Thank you. Said, sexual intellectual. Love it. <laughs> I got this from Simi Sex and um, it has a definition on the back. I forget what the definition says because I was like, I have my own definition. The definition yeah. is something like a person who like makes reports or like uh, studies sexual relationships and gives advice on sexual relationships. 
But mm-hmm. my interpretation of it is that I'm fucking hot and I'm fucking smart and I can do yeah. all the things. And that's yeah. my interpretation. Yes. Um, I also, it's interesting that you say that, you know, this project was written by sex workers. I have a real fucking problem watching movies and TV shows about sex workers that were not written or directed by a sex worker. Like P Valley. I I just won't, I won't do it. P Valley. I won't, I won't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't. I'm too sensitive. I wish I could, but I'm, I'm, I'm just very sensitive. And then I'm like, this is like my life though. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was touted as like, Oh, but a female wrote and produced it. And she studied and interviewed sex workers. It's, but it's like, not the same thing. Like she's not a sex worker though. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why the fascination with sex workers? If, if you're not actually doing it, like, or, or is this another way to capitalize off of our story? Yeah, it is. It is. That has to be what it is. I yeah. mean, I'm sure she would have a different answer if, if we asked her. But at the end of the day, it's just if you're not a sex worker, what is the fascination? Like, I really want to know that from anybody that makes a movie yeah. or a TV show about sex work. Why fucking sex work? And why not at least try it for yourself? Because it's taboo. Like, it's like, it's taboo, you know? Yeah, no, that's true, but it's like my kind of thing. You're gonna write, and we're women, like we're sexy, like we're better than you because we're taking your money, like you know, like of course people want to like know about us and like what our lives are like and like how we do shit, you know. But it's just not their place to, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's under our creative direction. So I think that they should do sex work for at least a year. Yeah, a prerequisite to making sex work content about workers. Yeah. Like, do it. Yeah. yeah, and look, we have no problems with that because you know, if J Lo wants to come to Pumps and work for a little bit, do it. You know, imagine J Lo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she could just be like, "I'm J Lo," and people will be like, "I don't believe you." Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's what she could do. My name is J Lo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, it's so fun to talk to. Um, so one last thing that's on my list of things I wanted to cover is something that you saw. You said um, that you hadn't seen a lot of disdain for strippers outside of the club, or you only saw it inside the club. You didn't see that much disdain for strippers outside of the club and the whole radio station thing kind of like opened your eyes to that right yeah 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 like I I was aware of it but um I hadn't really experienced it personally and like I was thinking about that question too I was like well I I feel like you know most of the people I hang out with are like strippers or sex workers or like people of like a marginalized identity yeah um, or have been a stripper sex worker so like within my like personal life like there was only celebration of sex work. Right. Um, and then I wasn't, I'm not like around like kind of like that conservative attitude. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, which is like just kind of a weird town slash city in the middle of the desert. Like it's not really yeah. like, you know, that there's a lot of like kind of issues in that yeah. city. So I don't ever feel like, there was like that, you know, societal stigma around sex work. Um, 
that I like grew up around and then it's not like the most conservative place. And then again, like living in New York, the only places that I were in were like strip clubs or like sex work environments or like around people that supported the work. So like, and I feel like in New York, it's kind of easy to get into like a little niche and like forget that like a lot of people hate us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. New York is really easy to get lost in your little tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like was around so many amazing strippers that like I love and had some, you know, beautiful moments with that I almost like forgot. Like <laughs> people hate yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you experienced the most disdain towards strippers inside the strip club, which sounds like. But also, I will say I wasn't even, I wasn't out as a stripper in my life, so I don't feel like it was fair to say that. Like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, I guess now I'll see, now that, like, this is coming out and, like, this story is coming out, like, what people will say. Um, and I'm sure, you know, they'll be opinionated. But, um, yeah, like, I wasn't out, so I, I, I can't say that I yeah know how it felt but um but i definitely felt the disdain towards strippers inside the strip club as a stripper from 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 clients mm. yeah like <laughs> you know clients come in and they have the worst attitude yeah i know i i a long time ago back in like 2003 i think i figured out oh part of their fantasy is to be a dick to hot chicks yeah okay and you get away with it yeah yeah, like, okay, you can be a dick, it's fine. Can you just yeah. you Does it make you feel better? <laughs> like, <laughs> pay me, though. I can do whatever you want, just pay me. Yeah, just pay me and you can be a dick, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, because, like, that yeah. is your fantasy. I get yeah. it. And I'll stick around for as long as, like, hopefully yeah. I can handle your dickishness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just gonna go, and then I never was like that fucking asshole. It was always like, yeah, that guy's a dick. Like that's his fantasy today. So yeah, fine. <laughs> but yeah. what about like from management and um, like did you feel any of that from your higher higher ups? Shout out pumps for just like being such a wholehearted staff. Right on. And, like um, the owner is just like an amazing person. Like there's a studio attached to pumps, and like you would like let me into practice and just like really just genuinely supportive of the people that work for him. Like, you know, in a way. Um, okay, cool. Uh, working in Manhattan. I also worked at hoops. Um, it's just a different, like, you know, it's so funny, like how clubs are just like a different country. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole different country. There's a whole different set of laws. Mm-hmm. You know, the president is different. Like the people are different. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, disdain from management. Yeah. I feel like in Manhattan, there was just like kind of more, uh, entitlement. Mm-hmm. There's a little more entitlement. Um, but I never felt like personally threatened by management or okay. like in 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 harm's way because I, I know girls who've had experiences where like that they felt like threatened by management or like the way management handled situations in the yeah. club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I understand that um, that never happened to me okay. um, anywhere where I worked. Good. Yeah. And hopefully, it never will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's a that's a really serious problem, and it, it makes the world of a difference when you when you feel safe 
like it was important for me to just like just get to know like the security team like get to know like the bar backs because it's just like we're all here together you know if something happens like it's the money does not matter like if i have five hundred dollars in my wallet like we're all about to go under you know what i mean yeah. so it's really important for me to have like a genuine relationship with people i was working with in those situations because yeah. this is like real life situations that shit can go down um so yeah it's good to just be in like yeah. community i guess so yeah it is i hear that amazing Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. Go for Follow it. the love. That's my stripper tip, man. It's all about attitude. It's about energy. It's about the experience that you're giving to people. It's not necessarily about, like, showing your ass or your titties, okay? Like, right. people come in. They want an experience. If they wanted to see some ass or some titties, they could just go on Instagram. They could go on Pornhub. Right. You know, like, there's so many ways to see ass and titties now. So yep. they're not coming in for pussy. I mean, some of them are. That's, that's, yeah. that's not going to fucked up. It's not going to fucked up. But the majority of the people that are in there, they're looking for a good time. They're looking for an experience. They're looking for a connection. They're looking for, like, a personal moment, an intimate moment. Yeah. So, like, the way I approach clients is, like, very on a personal basis. Like, you know, not just, like, hi, how are you? Do you want a lap dance? It's, like, what's going on with you? Like, try yeah. to get to know them a little bit. Like, give them an experience. Yeah. Like share your energy with them and like see how they respond and how you can kind of like manipulate their response into like somehow taking their money. Cause like, that's really the ultimate goal at the end of the day is like, I'm trying to get to your wallet, but it's just like, how? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I found that like, you know, words do wonders, you know, yeah. are like oh, you do show your ass and like, get paid for it. No, honey. Like <laughs> that, you know, like what comes out of my mouth is first and foremost. So yeah that and then oh yeah follow the love because one night I was like upset so dumb to get upset in the club but it happens mm -hmm. about just like people being rude or whatever and then um and then I'm like wait let me just like follow the love and the energy and like just go find people who I want to talk to and like people who are like nice to me like maybe I don't I don't go in there and look for people who have like you know a rollie on or like who look like they would be rich I just go look for people who I think I could vibe with and create a connection with because it's really the connection that gets you paid. Like, yeah, that's really what it is. It's like the creating that intimacy for people. So I would say focus on that and then like kind of like figure out your niche. Like, how do you get paid? Like, my friend, my friend just wrote a book on like dirty talking. She check it out, Honey Talking Tools, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. And I'm like, oh my god, this is how she makes her money. Like, this is so smart. Like, I love so it. find your niche. Yeah, find your niche and like what makes you money. Um, and like your move, I guess. And then, um, yeah, if it's not working out, don't pressure it. You can't go into it. Like, okay, I go to go to talk to this person and expect money. It's just like, don't expect it. Like, right. don't expect it. And it will come to you. I remember one night I was like having such a bad night and I'm like, let me follow the energy instead. Bitch, I find $20 on the floor. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bitch is paid. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, finding money on the floor is so fun. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it's, it was for you. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is definitely like for me. <laughs> yeah, 100 was left there for you. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. If someone's making you the birthday cake of your dreams, what does that look like? The brownie. Just a brownie. It's like a, 
a big brownie with a lot of chocolate and chocolate chips. And Got maybe it. some ice cream, maybe, but like a really gushy brownie. Okay. Everything gushy brownie. We, we got it. You like brownies. Okay. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> What's your go-to brunch drink? Mimosa. Uh, really? Okay. Brunch? Mine are mimosas without the orange juice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you open up a fortune cookie, and it describes your life so perfectly, so succinctly, in about 10 words. What does it say? So something that like, I can't even understand, like maybe even in a different language or like just worded really like complicated to the point where I'm just like, okay, I don't know what this means. Wow. <laughs> You're actually really good at answering these questions. <laughs> Here's one last one. If there's only one quality every human could possess in equal amounts, what would you want that to be? Oh, they would all have the same amount of water. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait, it's a quality though. That, quality? That, no, that that's how you that's how you answered it. You interpreted it that way, and that's the answer. Yep. Everyone has an equal amount of water. Yeah, in their water. <laughs> I love that because I think that it's so interesting that you said that because not having water is really a clear definition of like poverty. Yeah. And I heard yeah. the story about how Tom Selleck stole water during a drought to put it in his water fountain. Damn. Yeah. It's like, but there are people who actually yeah. need it. Need water. I really love it. My fountain needs it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your answers. Sage, can you please tell everyone how to find all the things that you talked about today? Yes. Um, follow my IG. My handle is I am, not am, just an M. Z Sage S A G E. Um, I'm on SoundCloud under Ms. Sage S A G E. You can listen to um, the song I sent called "Making the Rules," and I also clipped the part where they played it on the radio. If you want to hear how they responded to it, and then SoundCloud IG. Oh yeah, um, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music under Ms. Sage. Um, more to come, man. Like this, I really feel like I haven't really started my career yet and it's just yeah. starting so i have some I have, we're making a music video for this song so that's so coming exciting. out soon so cool please make sure that you send that to us so that we can share it yeah awesome. yeah yeah for sure thank you yes okay well thank you so much for to, like coming on the show it's just been so yes. much fun talking to you yeah. Oh, good. Likewise, yeah. I love talking to you. Let's talk again. <laughs> yes, for sure. And thank you so much for our audience out there for tuning in. Remember, every new episode drops on Wednesdays. Thanks. Keep listening to Yes to Stripper podcast. Please rate and review, you guys. I really would uh, love to see some reviews. Awesome. All right. Till next time. See you guys later. Bye. Hey, guys. I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to Yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.